straight after the clicking we'll start inshallah bismillah assalamu alaikum we have uh, Faisal Chaudhry in the house uh, famously known for freshly grounded and his uh, comedic videos uh, all over the internet mashallah tabarakallah assalamu alaikum bro alaikum assalam rahmatullahi wa barakatuh how you doing bro i'm very well man people often complain that when i'm a guest on a podcast i'm uh, i'm I, i'm showing too much of my serious side <laughs> But when I'm a guest, look at the environment that you created for us. Like it's very, very nice and serene. I can't, I can't have high energy here. I'm just nice and relaxed. No, we're gonna try that. Inshallah, the, the mint tea will kick something Maybe. in you, and like we got some cardamom in there as well. So okay, fine. Hopefully that will give you a little kick. <laughs> for now, I'm nice and serene. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. bro. How, uh, how's things been, bro? Uh, recently, you uh, did, uh, Mashallah, Tabarakallah, your second live event. Uh, I thought it was amazing. We we were all there. All the brothers were there. Mashallah, barakallah. It was very inspiring. Uh, I want to ask you how uh, how has the feedback been? Firstly, the feedback's been amazing. Alhamdulillah, the feedback for the event was amazing, and I was so happy with how the event turned out. However, um, I got some calls kind of the next day and stuff from people, and they were like, "How are you feeling? Like you must be so excited. You must be so guys." And this is gonna make me sound like I'm trying to be um, humble or trying to be like uh, something I'm not. But genuinely, bro, uh, I didn't feel great after it at all. Really? Yeah, I didn't feel great after it, man. Um, not because I, I felt like the event went well. It exceeded mm. my expectations with how, like the measures that I had for the success of the event. But I think that if you listen to your fitra, you never feel, if you feel like self-admiration, um, it's extremely dangerous. So I'm mm. grateful for the fact that I didn't feel that gassed about it. Yeah. But I don't know. So you get a mix of like I had good conversations with good people after. I spoke to my teachers a lot after about about just how I feel and stuff. And um, more sort of like their take on why you why you felt like that. They said that it's good for a Muslim mm. to to question um, whether whether his uh, actions get. Are accepted by Allah because ultimately anything that we're doing, really and truly, if we're not doing it to please Allah, in, you know, in 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 some way, then it's a waste of an action in it. Mm. So they said it's good, and and they reassured me that you know, because I I have a very clear vision that I've told the very close people around me about, but I don't sing and dance about it all the mm. time. But what the real like roots of the vision um, are. Um, which ultimately is is nothing to hide. It's ultimately just to like try and bring a new audience to to listen to um, something that is not music mm. um, and something that necess- isn't necessarily Quran either. Um, because perhaps because, because I'm, and I'm I, I really and truly I create freshly grounded for myself uh, or for people who are like myself at the time because at the time I was working in the city in retail and so I would have a one hour journey to work and a one hour journey mm. from work and this must be five years ago bro so I wasn't uh, I wasn't I was new to to practicing Islam and so if just listening to Quran was tough for me like for two hours in a day uh, but listening to Nasheed's words like I don't know about the Nasheed's that, that I was listening to like they sounded a lot very similar to the music. In, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not ever. I'm not. You know, I'm so unknowledgeable. Mm. I can't say that anything's right or wrong. But I it just the nasheeds didn't hit me 
either or I just didn't enjoy listening to them that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I used to listen to podcasts, but I thought maybe if there's a medium uh, where other Muslims like me um, want to listen to things like this, but they but they don't necessarily they're not into, for example, sports or something. Then where, what's a, what podcast can they listen to? And so I decided to create it. Mashallah. Yeah. You you started it first in your bedroom, right, by yourself. Mm. Yeah, it's called the next phase at that point. Subhanallah. The concept was because obviously my name is Faisal. Yeah. The next phase being that it's like the next phase from going from like maybe not practicing to practicing. So yeah, it's like the next yeah. phase of your life. Um, so the concept of it was the same. It was it was just freshly grounded, but with a different name. Yeah. yeah. What made you? Because uh, I think you stopped that for a while, didn't you? Yes. And then you started freshly grounded from scratch. Yeah. Or was I, it the same thing that just kind of morphed into freshly grounded? No, I quickly realized that you can't have a guest. Uh, I, I knew that consistency was the only thing that would allow us to grow, right? Mm. So I had to be consistent. I had to release an episode every, whatever I decide, whether it's every week, every mm. day. Um, but I, when, once I decide that, I have to be consistent on it, otherwise I've got no chance. Mm. And so I wanted to release a podcast weekly, but I realized you can't get a guest every week. It's very difficult. Mm. And I know so many people who have podcasts who struggle with that. And the, the, most, the question I get asked the most is, how, how do you get guests? Um, and so I knew that I needed a co-host And I didn't know if I could get a co-host But I, I think I made dua that like, Allah blesses me with someone Who understands all of the things that are important to me mm. Like for example In Freshly Grounded it's important that We don't uh, We were talking so much And when we know that the tongue can lead a, a majority, will, will lead the majority of people to a hellfire So if I want to take on a project That I'm going to be using my tongue For the majority of it I have to really know what I can and can't mm. use my tongue for. And so exposing sins, uh, lying and a real like, a real sneaky one is joking mm. when lying. Uh, sorry, lying when joking. Yeah, yeah. Because that's normal and natural. And if we do it amongst the brothers, um, it's still, obviously though, it's, even though it's not permissible, it can be caught very quickly. And yeah. it's amongst the brothers, it's between your four walls, so you're not publicly doing it and promoting it, right? But when you're doing it and thousands of people are listening, it, you can't really take it back. So I needed someone who maybe was as serious about those things. Mm. So I, I, I made the art to Allah and then I ended up going Gambia and that's where I met Sam and we just read, like got along so well. And so I kind of proposed that to him and Alhamdulillah, he, 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 he uh, reluctantly accepting my offer, <laughs> and that's how she got I do think you guys make a good, like, um, good team together. Like, you can see the chemistry and the the energy between you guys. And when you guys speak, mashallah, like you can you can see the conversation flow between you guys. <laughs> so okay. I think uh, it's a it's a good fit. It's, I love Sam, man. He's yeah. he's the best. He's a really nice guy. Mashallah. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. I've only met him a few times, but. Very nice guy, Allahumma Barik. Yeah, he's he, he's he's a very busy man. Yeah, yeah, Allahumma Barik. He's he's got a lot going on uh, for himself, and he has a, a big family now. Alhamdulillah, you know, since Freshly Guy sure. when Freshly Guy started, I think he had just had his first child, and now he's got two children. Alhamdulillah, and so, and then his businesses. Mm. So um, yeah, people don't often see him, but yeah, he's a, he's a very inspirational man. Yeah. You know, before before you came today, actually, and this morning I was thinking, uh, I remember when you used to do those videos, uh, when you used to do the interviews with people, and uh, you took it off because you said emotional like, interviews, yeah, emotional interviews, yeah. yeah, they were really good. I think I came, the first time I came across your videos was I think one of those. Videos. Yeah, loads of they, start, they 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 really increased my traffic, yeah, uh, and I think that's what got me like started getting me uh, quite uh, a good amount of followers, yeah. and I also they were my favorite videos to make. I really enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah that was were, a tough decision they were really they were really funny man very entertaining i remember i was uh, watching it and i was like to my losses i'll watch this watch this it's so funny and but then, looking back <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to watch them now yeah, oh they'd yeah. be so cringy bro yeah because you've it's been what like three years i think right maybe yeah and so yeah so you must have gone through so many different things grown and matured and uh, developed so it is going to be cringy when you watch it back so cringy but what i was thinking about today is uh, i was thinking maybe like i was just reflecting on it i was like maybe allah uh, g- gave uh, freshly grounded uh, Acceptance or like you know uh, success because you gave up something for His sake. You gave up um, making those videos uh, for the sake of Allah. We hope you made that was your intention, and we asked Allah to accept it from you. And I was thinking maybe that's why Allah replaced it with something that was better. Because uh, sometimes you don't no, think okay. about it in, in, in the, uh, at the time. You don't think, oh, if I, if I give this up, maybe I'm not gonna succeed in anything else. This was like my, uh, this was like the thing that really made me. But then Allah gives you something better, and I. Wow, I never, I never considered that until today. Really, I mean, the concept of you leaving something for Allah's sake and Allah replacing it with something better. Obviously, we talk about all the time, yeah. but I never pinpointed that. And um, yeah, you mentioned that the hits. Uh, um, yeah, it makes it makes it makes a lot of sense. Mm. I think a lot of us, like when we start practicing, we give up things for the sake of Allah. Uh, and Allah does replace it with something better, but we don't really know which what what it is. We can't really pinpoint it sometimes. Um, and sometimes people sort of think that now they're practicing, Allah hasn't given them some something better, but He has. You just you just don't know what it is. So um, yes, yeah, so it was an important point. I think I wanted to mention to you, and I wanted to see if you if you had thought of that too. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. But bro, I could talk about Allah all day. <laughs> He's my favorite thing to talk about. And that's it's it's just so amazing how um like how giving how merciful how loving he is uh despite us uh, you know being constant sinners uh, you, you can't stop reflecting on it mm. it's uh, it's so shockingly amazing like even you just sit and think about it you feel you feel guilt but more than that you feel love yeah you know what i mean the shoes I, I remember that uh, interview done with uh, well podcast you done with uh, Hamza Zotsis, and you were saying how um, when you first start practicing, uh, and that uh, uh, when you had the state of awake awakeness, yeah, awakening, yeah, yeah awakening, uh, which they call yakaba in Arabic. Uh, okay. you wanted to uh, you wanted to hug Allah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's very problematic, actually. I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, very problematic. No, no, no. But yeah. Yeah. I, I was I was but, trying to explain that was, the feeling. That was really like, cute, man. Yeah. That was very cute. Yeah, it's hard to um, it's hard to put that feeling into words, yeah. and um, yeah, on many levels, um, you gotta be careful with those statements as well. Yeah. yeah. Subhanallah. But alhamdulillah. Yeah, that's alhamdulillah. what it feels like. You feel you feel very warm, and you yeah. feel like you. Um, it makes you maybe more ex- more driven to want to meet him. Yeah. See his face. Mashallah. Isn't it? When it came to like uh, the events and stuff like that, the the first event and the second mm-hmm. event. What was your kind of relationship with Allah in terms of like making du'a and like asking uh, for His aid? And was was there like a difference in the first event and the second event? I think that you know everyone who is trying to achieve something great or they've got something coming up. I think naturally and probably. Sadly, your 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 ibadah or your your du'as and stuff do mm. increase because you have such a big thing that you want, right? And you know yeah. who's got the who 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 can make it happen. Um, so yeah, of course, 
unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because it should be like this all year round. Yeah. But unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, my yeah, my du'a has increased. Perhaps like the 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 way in which I'm making du'a. Uh, because I want this to be a success for mm. many reasons, and so yeah, I, I I very much so am conscious of the fact that Allah is the one who can give it. Inshallah. Yeah. The reason I wanted to touch on this is because uh, it's important when we try to achieve something to always make like plenty of da'a. Yeah. It, it doesn't like obviously it's not good like if you're only making da'a when um, you need something, but even then it's so good because you you're still it's kind of like um, your tawheed. You're you're going back to Allah. You're when you know when you're in need. You're going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You're asking Allah to give it to you And that without his aid And without his will Nothing would uh, would come to be So mm. um, so that's why I think it's important For like listeners to realise as well That whenever they want something It shouldn't be uh, going to people first And asking them Oh can you give me this Can you help me with this uh, And asking for advice But it's you know asking Allah ultimately And then consoling people And um, speaking to others for, for assistance So um yeah, that's that's why I was asking. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm in complete agreement. I, I I know what you mean. The scary thing that I reflect on a lot, kind of based on what you're saying, is the idea that you don't ever want that to stop. Like you don't want your reliance upon Allah to stop because, um, one of the things that affects me the most, I'd say, in my Islam, is the fact that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to make the du'a so much to Allah. Um, Oh, turn of hearts, keep my heart firm on your on your deen, yeah, on your religion. And the reason that scares me, boys, because that was a prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa So who are we? So um my f- my biggest fear is losing my or my heart not being firm on the deen mm. and not and obviously you don't you, you don't realise it. Which is that's the point of it, isn't it? You don't mm. you don't ex- you don't realise it. You think that you're fine. What a scary thought. It's true, subhanAllah. Such a scary it's the scariest thought, bro, that I can possibly have. You don't because you don't you don't know when if that was to happen to one of us, I may mean, Allah protect us from that, man. Mm-hmm. But if that was to happen to one of us, the 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 concept of it is that you don't realise if you realised it was happening or if you knew it, you wouldn't it probably wouldn't have happened, right? Yeah, it's happened yeah. in like a gradual way or something. So that's a very, very scary thought. A very scary thought. Behind uh, like uh, not trying to like expose your good deeds and stuff, but because you're doing something uh, like uh, like Islamic, like uh, the fresher ground, that is sort of like tailored for Muslims, and uh, uh, you you could say it's like an Islamic project. Mm-hmm. Uh, since you're doing that, because sometimes we can uh, think because we're doing something Islamic that that's also going to be the means for our iman to increase, mm-hmm. but it's not always the case. It's, mm-hmm. For example, if someone's doing charity work, it doesn't mean that. Because they're doing charity work for the sake of Allah and Islamic, that the iman is going to increase. Yeah, exactly. So while you're doing that, do you uh, like do certain things? Like when when your iman is feeling low, and is there other things that you do to keep your iman up, sp- like spiritually high? Yeah, look, <laughs> my, one of my fears of freshly grounded is that um, is that I will get all my reward in this dunya, and I won't get I won't see anything mm. in the next life. And the reason that's a fear of mine is because I was reading about recently about how um, you know if your intentions are messed up, there's there's certain intentions, and you know this better than me because I can't even remember like the details of it. Um, but essentially, like the fact that there's a type of it, there's a type of intention that you can have, which isn't necessarily bad, and it's still for the sake of Allah. But it's you know there's other intentions maybe involved in it, mm. and so the like the 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 result of that intention. Is 
that you get all your reward in the dunya mm. and you don't get it in, in the next life. And that's such a scary thought. So, uh, so I yeah, definitely don't feel like, I definitely don't feel like Freshly Ghana is my ticket. Even though we hear such beautiful messages from people. And um, the one that probably touches me the most is a brother who... Um, who I met in JD Sports just for our first event. I was getting an outfit for the first event, and he goes, um, and he 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 was gonna, he was on the verge of committing suicide, and he didn't. Because, he says because of freshly grounded, and when you hear stuff like that, it shakes you inside. Mm. But even then, I don't feel like that's enough for me to get the reward of it on on Yom I I think that genuinely, I'm not saying that I do this, but. We know that mm. the deeds that are probably going to weigh the most are the ones that nobody knows about, right? Yeah, yeah so we try. We, we we should try and increase in those deeds. But it's not easy, innit? You remind me of the story of uh, Abdurrahman ibn Auf, radiallahu uh, anhu, because he had the same fear. Because by the end of his life, he was like maybe like a billionaire of our time, and uh, yeah. So when when he got that rich, he he would cry and he would be upset. Uh, thinking that Allah, all the battles that he fought in, Badr, Uhud, all of the uh, things that he sacrificed for Allah, he was thinking Allah has, uh, uh, maybe I have no share in the Akhirah and Allah has uh, given me all my reward in this dunya. So he used to uh, he used to get upset over that, similar to um, what you were saying about freshly grounded. But um, I was m- more asking about uh, your your personal like your spiritual uh, your spirituality and your iman mm-hmm. like uh, outside because people don't see uh, what you do like do you maybe attend classes and you feel like that's your boost for iman because iman goes up and down it fluctuates yeah. so what's that thing that you, you kind of do uh, maybe others will benefit from yeah. to uh, keep yourself afloat it's weird bro because you you don't feel comfortable speaking about yourself in it. Yeah, yeah. Like about what you do because it's almost like you putting a case up and saying that you're that you're deserved of of like higher iman or something. I go to classes. Alhamdulillah, mm. I, 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 Allah bless me with amazing teachers who I'm able to study uh, Quran with and to study um, Arabic. And um, and that helps me, yeah. That that mm. definitely. If I, I have one of the things that I hold the dearest to me is um, I'm able to even. Uh, so so I think it's like quite well known that we study about Badr mm. on Saturdays, and that's like an Arabic class, right? But I have a um, a good relationship with my teacher, Ustad Yahya, for Quran, and so having that um, is one of the biggest blessings in my whole life. Michelle. Being able to have have the Quran because I was actually um, forced into that. I didn't choose to do that, and uh, and I'm so grateful to Allah that He put me in in that because maybe I would never have taken a step to. Mm. I never wanted to like, for example, like the way that the Quran class average yeah, is. I was so I'll tell this story because um, I'm not exposing like any like good deeds or anything. This is so. This will happen, right? Um. Ustad, uh, so I was ill, yeah, I had fallen a bit sick, nothing major, but I was just a bit sick. And so Ustad Yahya and Ustad Jamal, as they do, turned up at my house, right, to visit me because <laughs> I was sick. So we're at the house now, and I was reading, uh, because they were there, I, I, I must have like read something to them from the Mus'haf, yeah. 
and instead, so I hadn't started like Quran, like for example, like Hifz or anything like that. Right? Mm. And so I was reading, and Ustad Jamal he he goes to me, Faisal, um, I think that you're you you need to now start like Quran class, um, like seriously, right? Mm. Like like memorization and stuff. And he said, you need to start and you have Ustad Yahya here, who is um, uh, the perfect teacher mm. for that. And, um, you know, and he like literally orchestrated everything between myself and Ustad Yahya there and then. He, the day, every he, he said, you will go and see him at this time every week uh, and you will see him here and you will spend this much time with him and you're going to memorize this and you're going to do that Be- before the sitting was finished. Oh. And so by the end of it, I, I was now a... Student, student of Quran and <laughs> I didn't have anything um, to do with it and it made me extremely nervous <laughs> uh, and I didn't know if I could because uh, I didn't know if I could like um, keep up with those commitments mm. on a weekly basis and all that kind of stuff And but I'm, I'm just so grateful that he did that and that Allah Allah put me in that position without me asking for it what, what an amazing mm, blessing yeah. well, sometimes you need to do that sometimes you just need to be Put in it or put yourself in it, yeah. whether you think you can commit or not, yeah. just to just to do it. Because then, if you say, you know what, I'll do it when this happens and I'll leave it, I'll leave it. Sometimes, uh, if you you might have the zeal at the time to do something, but then it doesn't mean like a month later, two months later, maybe even like a few days later, you might not be interested in doing it anymore. Like I know, like brothers, uh, for example, wanting to go study abroad, and they keep like delaying it and delaying it, and then. Like now, if you speak to them, they don't have that same zeal yeah. to going. So uh, I think it's really important to just put your like foot in the door. And I think that's the hikmah of a teacher, isn't it? Like knowing yeah. when to catch. <laughs> catch <laughs> you ready for this? Mashallah. I wouldn't have thought that I was ready. Mm. So, how do you feel like that, uh, Sad Yahya and Sad Jamal? Like, how do you think uh, they've impacted you uh, since you've sort of met them in in, in your life? I could do a whole podcast on it, bro. <laughs> um, I'll tell you the, the the way that I feel that they've impacted me the most, uh, and that is with my interactions with people. Um, I, I think we all know that their interactions with people are very soft and very nice and very loving and very caring. And what they taught me through not through anything that they said, but just by me watching them, is the uh, the idea of like or, of ego and stuff, right? And so. If we take it back to when I perhaps wasn't practicing, I would see practicing Muslims as daunting and as like self-righteous and mm-hmm. arrogant. Um, wrongly, obviously. Um, and not to put, not to say that all practicing people are like that, but that was my ex- experience maybe. And so I didn't ever feel comfortable around, for example, ISOC and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I never felt comfortable around them. And so I actually... Um, would go like, I'll try and avoid avoid people like that, and 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 I, and I think that was like me having my guard up and being like, oh, if they're like not going to talk to me, mm. I don't even want to talk to them or or something like that, right? Yeah. And and then when I started when I started like seeing how they interact with people, they interact with everyone with such like with like no ego they let their guard down instantly and then that lets that person in mm. i think that the biggest problem right now with that the divide between like muslims who are conscious of their faith and muslims who are not conscious of their faith is or is that is that the two like kind of like really dislike each other and there's a um unspoken like feeling in the air um 
and and it's like they both don't talk to each other they both can't avoid each other and they both like have this like maybe ego against each other or whatever mm. and the minute you drop that um, the minute you drop your ego the other person drops their ego because they see that there's no threat there yeah. so um, and that's what I've seen in them like I so I know uh, brothers who have um, I've, who, who like Sheikh Jamal for example has been around and he shows him so much love show, so much affection that uh, that he uh, he's approaching you with no ego mm. there's no ego here there's no um, God here or anything I'm ju- he's just showing you love Asalaamu Alaikum how are you how's things he knows things about them and then that automatically they drop their ego because you're not going to be mean to someone who's not mean to you, <laughs> are you? So all of a sudden, you drop your ego, and you, you, your, your misconceptions are, have gone, and then you um, are nice to, to them now. Mm. And that was a concept that I was alien to before. Not that I was rude to people, but I, I suppose like if people said, "Oh, like you know, um, this person, like don't chill with them too much," something like that, I'll maybe stay away. But now, as I'm maturing in age, I realise that. Um, you know, if, if if everyone runs away from that person, then how are we going to try and bring that person back to mm. loving Allah? So we so actually going to that person and letting your guard and ego down and you give him a hug, you know what I mean, and like and and stuff, it, it goes such a long way. So that's what I've probably learned the most of them Mashallah. dealing with people. No, I agree, Subhanallah, because you need to you need to have. Um... Uh, like my, my teacher says that you need to have one uh, hand sort of grabbing onto someone who's like uh, above you like more practicing more knowledgeable and stuff mm. and another one like pulling someone who's a bit further away from Allah so you're kind of like the the link between the two uh, the two groups yeah I agree and and it's like you said it's about having that balance because you don't mm. want to be too much this way and not too much yeah. that way um, but I will say that if any you know I, I've being around some brothers who maybe are like prominent on YouTube and stuff, who maybe people see as um, like or or like shuyukh as well, who people might see as like like super strict and you know they they would never um, show mercy or love to anybody who um, they feel that is you know not and doesn't have like a certain seriousness about a lot. Mm. And I, when I was even in person. Um, they have so much love to give to um, all brothers and sisters. Mm. Well, brothers, I've only ever seen it around brothers, but they have so much love to give to to to, to all the brothers, even like brothers who perhaps are like further from Dean. Yeah, yeah. And then you learn that people actually, as people get older and more mature in their in their faith, they are softer, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. With the people, but they, sure. and they harsh on themselves. Yeah, which is so beautiful to see. I think that's a statement of uh... Imam Shafi, maybe. I think it was Ibn Mas'ud or Ibn Maybe. Abbas. I always get them to mixed up. Fine. Yeah, but it was one. I think one of them said it as well. Subhanallah. Be strict on yourself and uh, easy with others. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, bro. When you see people master that, that's something that we need to achieve, man. When before you start practicing, and then when you did start practicing, how did you? Because I know you you went through a period when you didn't have like friends around and yes. stuff like that. So how did you get into like meeting the brothers, and how did you uh, uh, get over that? sort of fear of being judged by this like group of practicing people that you thought were too kind of maybe daunting to be around okay I'll, i'd love to talk about this because i don't think i've ever spoken about it before yeah. Alhamdulillah. Uh, and i have the right answer for exclusive. it oh, I, have, I have the i, I know exclusive exactly. on strong this is an exclusive <laughs> so what happened is i probably only ever knew one practicing person right and he was my sister's husband's cousin hmm. so when you go to family occasions he was the guy who 
had the beard. He was a guy who, at, like, if there was like weddings and stuff, he'd kind of sit at the back and just kind of show his pay his respects there and kind of leave early mm. to at least like keep family ties. And, and so he was like the, the the practicing one, right? And he was a few years older than me. And so he found out that I started becoming a bit more serious about my faith. Mm. And he goes, um, "You need to come, like you should come to itikaf, itikaf, yeah." And I was like, I didn't know what it was. He explained to me, and mm. I said, "There's no way I can do that." I said, "I can't read Alif Bata. So what am I going to do for 16 hours without food mm. in a masjid when everyone's probably reading Quran?" Like, and he's like, "No, nah, that's from Shaitan. Trust me, the days actually go mm. quicker." Blah, blah. So this is my first every year. I was two months into practicing, and um, I went into itikaf, yeah, and I met this brother. Now this brother knows exactly who he is, and I won't mention him by name because he's one of the brothers that's. Uh, you know, he's not on social media, nothing. He's completely like an unknown person in terms of like social media. Yeah. I believe that he's very well known by the angels and by Allah. <laughs> um, I met this 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 guy there, right? And he's he was a couple years younger than me, and he was in Itikaf. And I started spend some time with him. And then one day, like they were like, oh, they went up to him and they were like, you know, the Imam's not here, so you're gonna have to do Tarawih. And so he led the whole Tarawih at 17 years old. Subhanallah. And I was like, who is this guy, bruv? Like, and then I started to see, because he, he didn't ever talk about himself, so you know nothing about him. Mm. So I ended up becoming really close friends with him because the, the guy who was like a family friend, he was quite a bit older than me. He was maybe, I would even stretch to say he's maybe 10 years older than me. Mm. So I couldn't relate to him too much. And he by then was already married and everything. And so, but this guy who was 17, he was like more my age. I was 20, he was 17. So I became friends with him. So he's my one friend. Yeah. Right. So I I made one friend. Right. This is about this is two months in practicing. I've now I've got one practicing friend. So bro, I would do everything with him, and I'd take him to um, uh, Cardiff because I was still at uni at the time. So I'd take him to university and like sh and he'd help me like set up my room for the next year and stuff. And we'd go everywhere together. I talk to him. I just talk to him all day long, and then he actually ended up going to Egypt to study. And then like, we were talking on the phone all the time, and Alhamdulillah blessed me with him in it. Mm. He was my only practicing friend And the da'wah he gave me Or the nasiha he gave me Was so It's so amazing Because he To this day Doesn't realise how he done it Akhi This is what happened He was harsh on himself And he was soft on me <laughs> And that's it Akhi I used to go, Because I didn't understand Anything back then bro. You went, bro I used to drive with him Yeah Because I was driving I used to drive with him We'd drive past the restaurant And I'd say to him Bro I don't understand How that says halal like in Arabic Because I can't I couldn't read Arabic And he'd be like Because I started learning the letters So he'd be like But I, I said But why is the lamb And the alif Like why is it like Diagonal <laughs> Like the alif like, How is that, that Say halal yeah. I can understand the ha I can see the lamb But then why is that And he tried to explain to me So that's that's my level mm. right And so I didn't I didn't understand the concept That you can't expose your sins I didn't So I used to speak to him I said bro I did this I, um, I feel like this And actually He would just constantly Make excuses for me Constantly Like I didn't, but it was a type of relationship where if I went to McDonald's and I ate a Big Mac, mm. which alhamdulillah, I always knew not to eat harami and not to drink alcohol and stuff. But if I had, and I said to him, and he and he was with me, uh, it would be the type of relationship where he would, and I said, oh, bro, I ate a Big Mac, and I knew it was wrong. He'd go, bro, there's an opinion that that's permissible. Mm. So don't, don't, don't stress yourself. And I'd be like, oh, wow. So he made the dean so easy for yeah, me. Yeah. Everything I come to him with, bro, unless it was a really serious issue about Akhid. And even then, Akhid, he would say, Allah is the most forgiving. Just pay your turakat, make the, uh, like, tawbah. And um, 
you know, for, and then forget about it. Mashallah. And so, but that would rarely happen because the things I would come to him with, as you know, a lot of the stuff, akhi, especially in fiqh, is like has ikhtilaf uh, uh, in it. Yeah, yeah. And he obviously was a studied person, even though he was so young. And so he'd say, there's an opinion for this, there's an opinion for that, there's an opinion. Akhi, the guy's making me feel so relaxed in Islam, yeah. I'm feeling this isn't difficult. Mm. However, he wouldn't do the things that he'd make excuses for me. So I would want to be like him. Like, for, for example, if I was eating the Big Mac, he, he, the scenario would be that I would eat it and he would be like, it's calm, there's an opinion on that, but I would never catch him eating it. Mm. And I'd be like, no, I want to be like him. So he slowly, that's how, that's how I got close to Allah because of him. And the story ends with, um, you know, years go past, blah, blah, blah. And um, we, we used to talk about how, like, I used to be like, oh, bro, like, I just, um, I kind of wanted Allah to make our bond stronger because he was like my he was like my connection to Allah in that mm. in, at that time and um now I sit here and um I actually ended up marrying his cousin yeah and uh, so now he's my family and so I see him Mashallah all the time and uh yeah we're family now man alhamdulillah and it gives me goosebumps to talk about that because he was that that connection uh, I, bro, I can't express to you how much I love him yeah. I, I spoke to last time I spoke to him was probably yesterday alhamdulillah at the time we, we used to speak here to each other and say like um, We say oh man Like we talk about You know because we were young kids And we just I was like oh man I just want to be married now He'd be like yeah but I just want to get married Like we talk about it Because now alhamdulillah We both sit here We both got our own families yeah. And, and um, we've seen the growth And sometimes we talk about it We say look at where we are now Where Allah has put us And where we started And it was my probably my first relationship That started because of Allah Because mm -hmm. we met in Itikaf and it continues because of Allah And I'm sure. relying on that relationship Because we know that one of the people that gets uh, shade on the Yom Qiyamah Is two people who love each other for Allah's sake mm. And inshallah My relationship with him has purely Was began because of Allah And so um, I'm relying on that Allahumma <laughs> He sounds like a proper beautiful brother you might, you might know him I'll tell you I think I might have I, I have him. an image in my head of who you uh, might be talking oh, about. Oh, you have met him once. I have. Yeah. He came to that dinner and I brought him with me. Yeah, remember? yeah, yeah. I remember, in, I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And him. he recited and stuff. Yes. Well. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Allahumma. He's yeah. younger than you, yeah? Actually, he's three years younger than me. He's, now he's 22 years old. Mashallah. Yeah, mashallah. And actually, at the time, I've seen his journey grow so much, but at the time, mm. bro, he was this guy. And like, you know, um, people who are. Uh, practicing. Assalamu mm. alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Alaikum. Alaikum. How are you? How are you? Oh, khara. Assalamu We should keep that in. Yeah, that's uh, just my dad came in with some uh, uh, clementines, oranges. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So um, you were saying, bro? I've seen his growth because at the time he was like, when we met, he 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 was like really shy and um, closed off kind of person. And then he's grown. I've seen like his like um, his growth in just his own personality and like when he got a job and like his interpersonal skills and stuff like that. So it's amazing seeing the growth of people, isn't it? Just like different aspects. It's true, Subhanallah. Yeah. It's uh, it is amazing to see like when uh, brothers that. Especially uh, like Shreem, who's behind the uh, behind the camera, <laughs> uh, and other 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 brothers. Like um, you, you've kind of like grown together with them as well, mm. and the impact they've had on your life, and you see how uh, they've grown and how you've grown and stuff like that. It's 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 it's, 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 it's amazing, man. Um, 
But the second thing I want to ask you was, um, how did your uh, friendship, uh, um, your f- uh, friend uh, friendship group, like uh, increase? Because now, mashallah, tabarakallah, you know a lot of uh, brothers, mm. a lot of the Muslim brothers. How did that come to be? I can't pinpoint it mm. because obviously we don't know. Yeah. But I believe that it was due to one sincere du'a that I made because oh. I hadn't. I. I. I um. We were. T- Omar talked uh, about this story on on the Freshly Gained event, and I've, I've mentioned it a few times at different talks, but. Um, when I first came back to London, then um, I uh, we were like all sitting at my sister's house, and um, I went to the kitchen for a second, and actually I got this overwhelming. Uh, so I was, I want to say twenty, mm. about six years ago, and obviously by then you're a grown man, so you don't cry easily, and except then, anyway, I, I, I can't remember because I'm going to go off on tangents. So then I went to the kitchen, yeah. And I'm like looking through the cupboards trying to get something, and this overwhelming feeling I can I'll, I'll never ex- be able to explain. The overwhelming feeling came over me, and I I was crying so much, bro. Mm. Like someone had died. I've never experienced it since. It's really really oh, weird wow. feeling. My mum came rushing in. My brother came rushing in. What's happened? What's happened? And I was like, I was like. I was basically saying like I've got no friends. Mm. Like I was saying like I I've come back to the UK now, and I, because I started practicing. In uni, I started making some friends over there, uh, but obviously now I'm in London, so I don't. And I was just like, I don't really relate as much to my friends now. As much as I, I still love them, mm. and I still talk to my uh, friends and stuff, but um, I feel like I don't know anybody who is a practicing Muslim who's young. And I, the only people who I know that are practicing Muslims, from what I know, is old people or like really boring people. Mm. Um, and my brother, he basically said to me, he said, bro, you're going to look back at this conversation in a year's time and you're going to be, you're going to think, what was I talking about? And lo and behold, he was right. And I think I must have made du'a around that time because I was so emotional. I must have made a sincere du'a to Allah. Like, you know, sometimes we make du'a and then it doesn't get accepted and you think, well, maybe my sincerity wasn't right. Mm. And sometimes the du'a gets accepted. Maybe you're so sincere. So I think I must have made a sincere du'a like asking Allah, you know, just bless me with people like that. And then... I feel like every day I meet a new person. Inshallah. Today is Shaheem. I genuinely feel like every day I meet a new person yeah. who is a, who becomes a new friend, and that's yeah. I've only got a lot to thank for that. So I pray that it doesn't stop because, uh, I, and also Allah knows you obviously better than you know yourself. So Allah knows what different people need, yeah. and some people like probably yourself, I would imagine, are quite um, emotionally independent and like you like being maybe alone sometimes more than ever. You, am I right in thinking that? From yeah, time time to time I like being alone, sometimes with friends. Yeah. yeah Whereas I like I like almost a vibe of the energy of others. Mashallah. Right? And I don't enjoy spending time alone. And so maybe because Allah knew that Allah knew that I needed <laughs> friends. <laughs> We're very social creatures anyway, so it's un- it's, it's understandable that you feel like that. Because uh, like one of the things that one brother mentioned uh, was how you know the Prophet said he came to perfect character and manners and stuff like that. All of that is to do with interaction with the people, mm. and we are social social beings. So it's it's amazing that the Prophet came to uh, basically fix that, mm. and he also spoke about the Prophet uh, how he said to fix your relationships because they could. Uh, I think the narration says like shave off a thing, but the way uh, the shave off a thing means like your deen. It will basically like it will ruin your deen if you don't have good relationships with the people, like your wife, your your 
parents, your children, your uh, siblings, that's gonna like uh, ruin your uh, iman. Because mm. all your emotions and uh, your brain power, everything is going towards like uh, these damaged relationships. Yeah. And you're not gonna be able to focus on your ibadah and uh, your uh, fixing your iman. So I think it's important, subhanAllah. But when I f before I start practicing as well, I used to think that uh, practicing people are probably like boring. They uh, like they probably didn't crack jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. But subhanAllah, I found out the complete opposite. See? When I start meeting practicing brothers, I used to think they're the funniest people like around. The best, bro. Yeah. And it's such a it's such a more pure relationship because we mentioned on a podcast in the last episode or the episode before the last one that one of the um, amazing things about brotherhood in Islam is that um, you know you, you, you can't even like mock each other mm. and so the beautiful thing is is that you go from having friendships where you know it's normal to like mock each other and, and to, to take the mick out of each other and even if you don't get offended at the time maybe it does hit you a bit mm. um, and you go from that to, be, to having friends that not only don't mock you so you feel like you're in a safe space but they actually like promote you like it's yourself like they're like oh bro like, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna kill it man like mm. go into that job interview you're gonna do great like you're, you're, you're really good at this trust me you'll be fine and if you don't get the job they'll be like oh bro it's so good like it's, 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 that was in your qadr and yeah. it's so supportive and you don't maybe experience them kind of relationships um or it's not normal i don't know but that you don't normally experience those relationships maybe but then that becomes normal those kind of friendships mm. it's just like a safe space like if i were to tell you something now i would feel safe and to tell you, I wouldn't feel like, oh, maybe if I tell Noor this insecurity, that he'll like mock me. Like I, like I asked, yeah, I told you in the car, I was like, do you have pets? I'm not good <laughs> with pets. I wasn't scared that you'd be like, oh, you don't like pets. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were just like, nah, you haven't Because you're scared of uh, cats, aren't you? I'm not as scared because I'm not really scared of cats because I there's I and I feel like I have to pull this up every time somebody asks me that because I actually have a video of like cats walking all over me when I went to my friend Yusuf's house years ago. Um, but I feel like I have to get to know the cat. You know what I mean, bro? Because it's so like erratic, bro. Like yeah. it'll be, if you had a cat there sitting there, it would just jump and just pounce over there. Yeah. And it's that like that's the bit that's like, raw. You know what I mean? But once I get to know the cat and I know it's like what it likes, then I'm alright. But cats. if you have like some sort of bad experience with them, that maybe like start getting scared. No, it's just that erraticness that I don't like. Uh. But I but like I said, like I've gone to many people's houses where they've got cats and they're even walking on me or lying on me and sleeping yeah. on me and I'm stroking. So it's not as it's bad. But I, I just need to know. Okay, you have to be meditating. Right, you have a cat. Where is it? Right there, and then like, and then you get a bit comfortable, right? Then you're right. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? Bro, uh, with uh, with your events, uh, how? Because like I, we was talking about knowing a lot of brothers and stuff like that. Yeah. How do you decide on who you pick to be on uh, on the show, and what made you pick uh, mental uh, health as like the the theme of the event for the second one? Mm, there's a mix of things bro there's, mm. there's the business side of things where you need to pick people who will sell tickets mm -hmm. um, then there's who you think will benefit um, so so like my uncle who you mentioned a lot of people like said that he was like their favourite part of the show he I predicted that he would be everyone's favourite part because he's he would have been my favourite part I've seen that he delivered that keynote to me in a like in a coffee shop in in Harrow when he when we were talking about what he was going to do mm. and I was getting emotional as he was delivering oh. it to me just like pressing the buttons on the PowerPoint, um, so I knew that would be the favorite. But I knew that he and I told him this. I knew that he wouldn't sell tickets because he's not on social media that much and stuff. He's not got hundreds of thousands of followers. 
um, whereas other people sell tickets. But then it's not just that. It's not like I'm using someone just to sell tickets because I, I I feel like there's benefit that you can draw from different people. And I think mm. the, the 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 phase of like two years ago would be scared of bringing anyone on that isn't like. Um, I don't know, just like a certain way, mm. but I feel like I feel like people are very misrepresented and people are mis um, people are misinformed about certain people and stuff like that, and that we can we can draw benefits from from different people in certain ways. So, does that answer your question or not really? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it does, it does. Uh, it makes sense. But why mental health then? Okay, mental health. Um, so the 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 topic wasn't actually mental health. It was about um, excellence. Yeah, it was about mindset. Yeah, mm. it was about mindset, and the reason it was about mindset is because I feel like that something that's a given in everybody's life is that they will go through tests and really bad tests mm. because that's the nature of the dunya. So we know it. So let's say, for example, I meet you in the street. I don't know anything about you, but one thing I definitely know is that you've been through some hardship in your life. Mm. Definitely. So it's something that everyone can relate on because you hear stories about like I was I was had a meeting with a brother yesterday and he on Sunday had a minor stroke. He had a stroke, bro, on Sunday and he was with me in a coffee shop a few days later. That's a massive hardship. I, I met a brother a few months ago who his daughter who's like who was four or five years old, she passed away. Imagine that bro, like May Allah protect us. Amen. And um people's parents have passed away. So everyone's gone through struggles in their life, yeah, it's yeah. a given. Um so the concept for me was to to say let's do an event where we make ourselves emotionally vulnerable as the speakers on stage, mm. and in turn hopefully that will make the audience feel comfortable making themselves emotionally vulnerable, and that way they can let in the information that they're hearing mm. and not have like an ego to it, or th- and and then maybe we can like teach some lessons to people. Um, as to how to deal with certain things So the concept was that The, the social media guys who we had on stage Obviously we know like Aleem has 500,000 followers um, uh, Saf has like 1.2 million So the concept of that was These guys have The, the concept was that our audience prob- Probably have people in their life Who are like uh, naysayers Or people in their life who are like gonna um, Gonna Say that their idea or something is really bad or something like that, right? Or, or that they can't do something. But these guys on stage get that every day. Mm. So how do they deal with it and still keep a smile on their face? So learning le- that lesson from them and from my uncle, like seeing like the hardship he went through. His his wife recently passed away and stuff like that, and how he was able to then carry on and and see the light at the end of the tunnel. So that was the reasoning behind it. Subhanallah, that's powerful, man. One thing I got from it was uh, more from the. Like what the title says Operation Excellence Is the concept of Ihsan Because you see that Each of these guys uh, Allahum barik That they've uh, Achieved something In their life And has been Basically uh, Trying to achieve Excellence in that field Some uh, some level of excellence And uh, that was something Like I think Most people probably got And it was quite inspiring And uh, motivational To get to, to see that It kind of gives you The energy to Try and uh, uh Become excellent or achieve excellence in something. I'm sure you probably felt. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we had like a lot of emotions in that event mm. as well. Like different. There was that like, humor. There was tears yeah. and stuff. I, I think that's the last event that we're gonna have have film on film though. Oh really? Like, at that last event we're gonna put out. Yeah. Because we we as a team, every time we put the events out on YouTube, we feel that you can't capture the like ambience. That was in the room on on video, and it kind of dampens like 
the event a bit. Mm. Like you can't. The, the the feeling in the room is something different on those events. I'm sure you guys will agree. Yeah. Uh, and you can't capture that in video. So maybe we we might not film them anymore or sure. put them on YouTube. The whole event. Yeah. You have uh, Alhambarik. Uh, we've seen like the team that you work with as well. They, uh, I'm sure they've aided you a lot as well. Yeah. Uh, how do you think uh, they've impacted you and uh, uh, helped you like get the success in the events and everything? I think even if we just make it broader and talk about the people around you in life, um, I have. First of all, a lot to thank for anything, um, for everything, for everything, uh, but anything like, but after that, the the people around me are what, like, the people around me are what make me, I'd say, mm. and so in terms of friendships, you know, people like yourself or people like the friends friends that we have, there's a there's a certain um, safety net you feel when you know or you feel that your friends fear Allah more than they fear anything else or more than they, they no they fear Allah more than they love anything else mm. so like you're I I can hold, he, I can sit here and wholeheartedly say that you Noor fear Allah more than you love money mm. so I know that it will never be a situation inshallah where any amount of money could make you do something that goes against what Allah wants you to do and that's that feel, that makes me feel safe bro so now i can come to you and fully trust you with asking you something oh bro does this situation happen and you know this is the amount of money or or anything bro and you would um you would you would actually first of all think from the eyes from from the um from the like from the thinking of the dean first mm. you know and then secondly like my brother my brother is my mentor for 99 almost everything that i've any decision that i've made in business i run through with my brother mm -hmm. and i often tell people that if i didn't want to do something it, like business wise um the trick to convince me to do something is to just convince is just to convince my brother because if you can tell me to do something a hundred times and if i just feel like i don't want to do it um i'll tell you no a hundred times mm. but if you convince him once and he tells me to do it once it's done he can sign he can literally he if he if if it was legal i would literally let him have my signature to sign mm. papers for me but that's how much i trust him in business um like decisions um, and then the people around me, like the team, yeah, bro, the team, the, the, the bro, shall, shall I tell you what, bro, the volunteers that we have for freshly guided mm. events, oh my gosh, bro, <laughs> such a blessing, mm. they, bro, imagine this, yeah, so we, we, so Yusuf is a volunteer manager, yeah, so he got the volunteers for the, our first event. Every single one of them, and bro, these guys are like, they're dedicating their time, they're, bro, people are flying in from different countries, putting themselves in hotels, people coming from all different mm. cities around the UK, and to, 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 just because they believe in our movement, right, and they're like helping out at the event, and it is so much for us, and you feel guilty because you're like, you deserve so much appreciation from me, mm. um, and every single one of them opted to, to, when Yusuf emailed them and saying, look, we're doing our event, do you guys, like, uh, and I said Yusuf give, the, give them priority Because Alhamdulillah We had a lot of people Wanting to volunteer But we mm. have a limit Of how many we need And I said Yusuf Obviously give them priority Because they they're such an amazing team And every single one of them uh, Came back For the second episode yeah. Every single one of them That's amazing, And um, they did such an amazing job And bro They make the day so simple bro mm. We've got sister volunteers And we've got brother volunteers And we've got a lead sister And a lead brother mm. So there's not There's no need for Constant like um, uh, Like everyone just like being all over the place you know we have one sister and she takes care of the sisters and she's on she has a radio so she can contact the 
uh, the brothers through the radio, and we have one brother who deals with the brothers, and he contacts the sisters through, uh, through that sister on the radio. So it's, we have a very clear structure, mm. and then the head sister and the head brother, they can deal with Yusuf, who is the lead of the, that whole department. Sure. So not now, if we have 50 volunteers, we haven't got 50 people trying to deal with Yusuf, because it gets difficult. So 25 are dealing with the head sister, 25 are dealing with the head brother, um, and they're dealing with Yusuf, and that's it. It's a very simple structure, and it's just made our life so much easier. And Yusuf is oh amazing, but I can't sing Yusuf's praises enough. And then we had Kareem managing the event, and bro, you should have seen Kareem when he walked into the Aldwych on the event, bro. He just, this was his first ever event that he managed. You'd never think it. He just handled it, bro. He's like speaking to the Aldwych staff. He's got the headset on. He's got he's got a headset on and a radio for the Aldwych staff. He's got a radio for the Fresh Uganda staff. He's like, can this happen? This happen? Bro, bro, bro. bro, they're so amazing, bro, the team, that. By the middle of the show, they've already started behind the scenes. No one can see it. Yeah, yeah. They've already started packing up the theater, but you can't tell. Oh. So when the show, bro, Yusuf come up to me and he goes, "Phase, I need your key." I just trust him. I gave him my key, bro. When the show finished, he gives me my key, and this is the second time he's done this. Now he done it the first time as well. He gives me my key and he goes, "Your car's packed. You just got to go home now. Everything's done." Actually, the whole stage, bro. We walked, so the, the chairs that we had for that event. Were from the Hilton I managed to convince the Hilton To lend us their chairs And I said I'll give them back to you But I just need Like great chairs uh, And the guy was lovely I think a battery's right now On your thing bro Okay no it's fine It's fine I'll grab it in a sec Okay so 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 We bought the chairs The event finishes now As I'm walking Off the stage Yusuf's already got Five volunteers walking On the stage They all pick up a chair each They go to the Hilton They drop them off Like this is the system That they had bro And I didn't have to do Any of that You know how amazing it is To to have people With such high initiative Such Mm. high level thinkers Around you That um, just get things done, bro. And it, it, you can't sing their praises enough, bro. Alhamdulillah, bro. Like, it's, it's all from Allah. Allah has blessed me with that team. And I ask that Allah allows me to show them my appreciation. And allow, do you know what? I ask that Allah allows me to, uh, to, to, I ask that Allah provides for freshly grounded so that I can provide those people with a halal job and actually mm-hmm. give them an income that is, um, that is, that is competitive in the market mm. that they deserve because these people are graduates and these people have graduate jobs actually that pay a, a good income and they live in London which is not cheap but I ask that Allah puts, continues to put a risk in freshly grounded so I can actually employ a whole team and to provide halal jobs no, no. for brothers for sisters actually imagine a sister having a job yeah where she because where she can work from home because actually we live in London yeah where realistically if the, if your wife wants to work um I want to be the type of husband where if she wants to work, she can. Mm. But it's tough because there's not a lot of halal jobs, bro. And so if my if my wife was to come to me and say, look, I, I, I'm gonna have, I've got a job with Freshly Grounded where I can work from home because they don't need me to come mm. to the office. I'm working from home and I can earn a good salary and I can look after the kids at the same time because I'm working from home. They get, I can pray all my salah and I've got these timings where I can pick up the kids or whatever and I can still provide, like look after the house for you and all this kind of stuff. And that helps the husband because we're living in London, actually. You have to have two incomes in a household now really to survive in London, bro. You mm. have to, unless you're earning a really good income. Imagine now I can provide that to many sisters yeah, where they can all work from home we need a social media manager, bro. And our social media manager who manages our social media now on events, she manages our social media on event days. She's the best, bro. She's amazing. Sure Actually, imagine if I can provide her a job 
and mm. say we don't need you to come into the office. You can you can stay at home as, and we can have deliverables. And as long as you meet your deliverables, uh, you can work from home. And she can and then now she can provide. She can get, help provide for the household because it's not easy. Mm. That's my next dream for Freshly Vine, oh, bro. Just to provide halal jobs for so many people at our competitive prices. And I've never told anyone, but that, that's my next goal. But that's my next goal. No, I grant you that. Mm. I mean, that's 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 honestly the, a beautiful vision to have. Uh, I make that that Allah grants you that. I mean, I mean, I mean. Please, anyone listening to this, please make that da'a, please, because I sincerely want to do that for Allah's sake. And I'll be able to provide people with that, man. Okay, so bro, um, what I want to ask you is, how do you deal with, because you've got freshly grounded, you've you got your business, you're working, and you've got family and everything, and, you, and you're studying as well. How do you manage your time? How do you give everyone their rights? Uh, again, this is attributed to the people around me. Um, I wasn't giving everyone their rights, and then I had the uh, I had a sit down with. This was about two years ago now. You know, Abdul Hakim Sunnah Remedies. Mm. He probably won't remember the conversation, but he sat me down in my office, and I was saying, oh, "I'm stressed. I got to this. I got to that." He said, "Bro, you're not giving the, your your family their rights, knowing this." And he just sat me down, and he said, "Look, you have to be able to balance things out." And it really changed a lot for me that conversation. And he and these conversations are things that. Maybe you have with people and as a passing conversation and you don't think about it, but it's really affected that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was one of those conversations, man. And so what I do is um, I work nine to five. So um, even though I can choose my hours, I only work nine to five. And I'm quite strict on it. I want to be in the office by nine. I want to be out by five because I know that's a normal working hour. Mm. So my family w will never like bother me in that time because they respect that that's my working hours mm. when you make that clear there's also there's a level of like uh, making things very clear to the people around you to say look this is important to me it's non-negotiable and they'll be happy with that if you're consistent with it and you actually because mm. that means that your word means a lot to you do you know what i mean what's no. that word um when you're like when you your word holds weight basically so you have to show that you're a man of your words, uh, like your, your integrity. Yeah, your integrity, like, integrity. Yeah. So I work nine to five and my family's very respectful of that. Um, I also wake up most days. My I try and wake up at 5.30. I try to wake up at 5.30 around nowadays mm. um, and stay up from there. So I have about two or three hours in the morning where nobody needs me, right? Um and you're smiling like that's your favorite time <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm smiling because i don't probably know what you're thinking um <laughs> so 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 in, at that time that's my time to i in, look i'm giving you an ideal world so i'm not saying this is me every single every single day but this is my ideal mm. day right that, that's my time to um read the mushaf and do any revision and stuff like that i can yeah. fit in and I always, I always find that the morning is the best time for that i'm a really big fan of breakfast so i really enjoy my mornings but i have I'm, I'm by myself i cook myself a nice big breakfast i have my breakfast i have my coffee i catch up on the news and that's important to me that would you have for breakfast i have big breakfast so um <laughs> i have um it could be from like scrambled egg with like bread and something mm. to you know uh, like what most people would have for dinner like a curry or something really? yeah oh, i have really big breakfast <laughs> i've always been like that i have mass and my family are weirded out by it everyone's weirded out by it i have huge breakfasts not huge breakfast but just it says like what people have for dinner i have breakfast and my dinner isn't necessarily yeah. um so that's important so, so i manage a lot of my things in that time so that the, those two hours i get my me time and that's all i need in yeah. my day uh i also go to i go to the gym so this morning i went to the this morning I got there for about 7am Which is a bit late Because I go normally 6.30 um, 
So I fit in those kind of things around in then kind of couple hours, and then I have my shower and stuff, and I'm at the office for nine. So I've had my time maybe for training for. Um, Anything else that I want to do, and then I'm, I'm I, I try and be at work for nine, and then I'm working till five. So in those eight hours, there's no excuse for me to not be not get everything I need to get done in the day, right? Um, otherwise, I'm being otherwise I'm not being very productive. Mm. Now after five, and I I really try my best to it's just my time with my family, bro. Mm. And that's how you're able to manage everything great, because you actually give your family a lot of time. And let's say you're home by six, bro. You and I go to bed early. I'm maybe. At 10 o'clock I'm in bed um, Sometimes even 9.30 It's quite embarrassing But uh, That still gives me Like 4 or 5 hours Like it was undivided With my family mm. But that's also why I don't like Generally Receiving messages In the evenings Especially to do work Sometimes I get messages um, At like 11pm And someone's texted me Like a guest recommendation For Freshly Grounded mm. And I, I, I'm i a human And so sometimes You have good texts and bad texts And that kind of stuff Sometimes I struggle with Because I feel yeah, it's eleven o'clock, man. Like it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be done. But but I'm guilty of myself. Or like when I'm excited about something, I do message people, yeah. and it's work related sometimes late. So it's bad. Like so, I, I'm being a hypocrite by saying. But in an ideal world, I don't like to deal with many things after work hours. Yeah, that's quite important to me. Actually, and if I can manage to do that all the time, then I'm managing my time great. Mashallah. Yeah, I, mm. I think it sounds like a pretty good uh, plan. Uh, one of the things that I try to do. Um, Last year when I went to, uh, well actually this year, when I went to Morocco uh, and then having that dis- distance from my wife and stuff like that, uh, I decided when I come back, whenever I'm, uh, I come back from work, I'm going to put my phone away and just not touch it at all. So that's mm-hmm. something that that's good still like a, a struggle, but it's you know something I'm trying to do. How have you found that? Good. I, f- I feel like it makes a huge difference. Uh, like they feel like you're present. And uh, they feel like uh, you're not distracted by other things. And it's, I think it's the worst thing when you're with people and they, you feel like they're just somewhere else. A phone, maybe laptop. And I, I do struggle with these things. Like uh, I think most of us do in this day and age. Mm. But uh, it's something to work on for sure. Good. Yeah, man. <laughs> but you're still going to gym as well, yeah? I'm back on it now. I had some, I had some time off, bro. And I really, I, really, I really struggled, bro. I had some time off when... So, I, I, as you know, I was training with Ajman Alats for about a year and a half. Mm. And we were training four or five times a week. And we did two-hour gym sessions. And that was the, during the period where I wasn't yeah. giving everyone their rights. And that's when Abdul had that chat with me. <laughs> so, I moved. Because I because of that chat and stuff, I realized that I'm not giving, like, for example, my wife her rights. My my argument to Abdul was that my wife doesn't mind. Mm. But he said that that's, even that is, like, you need to work on that. Like, you need to actually, like... You need to go home and spend. It doesn't matter. Like you need to give people their rights, and and actually our relationship got so much better because I was giving more time to it. Mashallah. So um so I I decided to leave that because that gym basically was forty five minute trek, forty five minute back. That's an hour and a half, and then we're spending two hours in the gym, three hours of your evening, bro. And yeah. as you know, I go bed early. So if I that's let's say I get to gym for six, that's seven, eight, nine, nine p.m. Okay, I'm going home. I'm yeah. eating and sleeping. So um. I stopped training with them and then I moved to a gym closer but the the bad side of it is that I, I really found it difficult to get to stick to my fitness with regards to like maintaining it and I, I, I and I stopped training with them at the point where it was time for me to cut mm. so I bulked with them great <laughs> and I went from like 67 kg to like 85 yeah. and then I needed to get back down to like 79 and it never happened oh. and I would train every now and again and my training sessions weren't powerful and 
my diet went out the window and this was bro for like, for like a year for like a year bro I, I lost consistency I lost consistency in my diet and only recently I've been able to pick it back up sure. I now train in the mornings with my brother and it was it, it's nice because I have because he he trained with Ajman for about a year after I did so for the year that I was off he started training mm. and so he learned like the fundamentals so now that we both have the fundamentals we're able to help each other Mashallah. and he's made a massive transformation man you wouldn't be able to tell by just looking at him but he's made a huge transformation no, I, can, body. I can actually tell okay. I've, 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 I've seen some of his pictures and stuff I see the little tricep gains coming from yeah he's made Mashallah. a massive transformation along yeah. Berwick and now we it's, it's fun because we're able to train together and we're able to like um we know how to spot each other we mm. know all these different fundamentals that we didn't know before we're not we're no longer teaching each other how to do a workout yeah. we're now um just kind of just working it together yeah. So, yeah. So only recently I've been to pick it up and I've started buying healthy food. So if you were listen to listen to my most recent podcast with Abdul Hakim, you'll know that I've, uh, for the house, I try and buy like only veg and fruit now, as of this week. Uh, <laughs> and so I've been cooking veg dishes and I make, I've got my juicer out again and I'm making fresh mm. juices with celery. And so now I'm, I'm trying to cut, man, because I'm, I'm a bit heavier than I want to be. I'm quite a lot heavier than I want to be. I want, I want to lose about six, seven kg, which mm. is a lot of fat to shred. Um, but I'll be at my ideal weight if I do that. So I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I've never cut very yeah, well. Yeah. I'm not good at it. Maybe it's a chat to have with Ajmal. Yeah, uh, but he's very good. You know what, bro? Someone like Ajmal, they can tell you what to do because they're very good at it. Yeah. But I don't have his discipline. You know what I mean? Mm. Look the how many uh, look how many sugar almonds I just <laughs> eat. <laughs> they're addictive, man. We we all fall into that trap. Yeah, diet. Yeah. I find diet very difficult, man. Yeah. I struggle a lot with diet. Inshallah. Now I'll make it easy for you, bro. I mean, but your brother's uh, his his diet is pretty good, right? Because uh, my brother's diet is amazing. Yeah, but but his genetics are also good. He didn't get fat easily. Me, I can put on fat well. Mm. I can put on fat very easily. But maybe it's like during that period of you bulking, like your metabolism slowed down. So if you start cutting, then I think your metabolism will start like picking up, and uh, you'll probably lose yeah. fat a lot quicker. Yeah, inshallah. Yeah. I also got used to eating a lot more when I was bulking because my my I could eat I could kind of get quite a lot of calories calories yeah. in, so I wasn't scared of of how much I was getting in. It just had to be clean. Yeah. And because I was training almost every day with them, being eating clean wasn't that difficult because you get that reminder every day at the gym. Mm. They talk about what they ate. They ask you what you ate. Yeah, yeah. When you don't have that, you don't have that accountability. Mm. It's, it's difficult, man. Yeah, discipline is really important, man. It's something. Uh, of, to really really like embed in our kids in the future inshallah mm. like if, I feel like when they have discipline as a kid it doesn't matter in what sort of field, field it is so long as they have some sort of discipline when they grow up they're going to have that kind of discipline with them like if they do that's why they recommend martial arts a lot kids should do martial arts okay yeah even as an adult you, you should do martial arts but if you have that growing up then when you're when you're older you're still going to have some sort of like discipline mm. uh, whereas you don't have that then you could should be all over the place uh, when you're older and very hard to stick to something but that's a uh, this uh, psychologist was saying that uh, creative people have that uh, it's like a it's like a curse at the same time you're very creative but at the same time it's very difficult to stick to one thing because you're constantly like yeah my dad used to make fun of me when I was yeah. at, um, when I was younger because I would like start a sport and never finish it so like I would do like hockey and then I would buy all this hockey gear and then I would quit and then I'd start football and I'd buy all this football stuff. And, and my, my dad was like, you never stick to anything. <laughs> I actually made a um, commitment to stick to Freshly Grounded because of that. Mm. Because I always give up on things easily or when they get tough. So I told myself that if I um, 
if that happens with freshman rounded, not to give up. So, mm. so far, I'm okay. It's good, Masha. I think you guys have done what 120 something episodes right now, right? 126 today. 126, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. May Allah bless it. I mean, uh, as a final question, yes. uh, what I want to ask you is how do you deal with like financial like struggles and stuff like that? The way I, how do I deal with financial struggles, Akhi, is. I try my best to. Okay, so so the, the ideal answer, or what I'd like to think, is that I try my best to to understand. I I know that Allah has never let me down yet. In terms of, like I've so far, alhamdulillah, in twenty six years, managed to have a food to have a roof over my head, food on my table, and I've got by, right. Mm. And so if Allah hasn't let me down yet, then the precedent is that Allah doesn't let me down. He's mm. never let me down. So it's 100% of the time, he's going to provide for me, right? And he's Al-Razaq. Obviously, we know yeah. anyway. I don't have to convince myself that anyway, because he already tells us. But th- So there is that element of knowing that Allah will provide. But that doesn't make it easier always. Like sometimes you do still, obviously, when you go through financial struggles, you go through financial struggles. Um, but one thing that really, really, really helped me was I started listening to this guy called Dave Ramsey. And I'm really, you, you like Dave Ramsey because of, really? Okay, so basically, bro, Dave Ramsey is this Christian guy, yeah? And because he's Christian, it's important for me to mention that he's Christian because because he's Christian, he talks about a lot of the stuff from the Bible, which again is important because he didn't talk about things with Akid and stuff. And yes, it's dangerous to listen to. Mm. I, I understand that. And it goes back to my episode that I did with Tim Humble that um, you, when you listen to these things and you you read these books from non-Muslims, you can, you, you can Tim Humble himself, uh, Ustad Sheikh Tim Humble, um, reads uh, books from non-Muslims, but he, he you have to read them with a, um, with a certain lens. Yeah. And you have to be very careful. And you know yourself if you can read those books or not, because you know your own level of knowledge and stuff like that so take, the, the reason I explain that he's Christian is because he uses concepts that are important to us as Muslims like the fact that God doesn't want you to be in debt mm. Allah doesn't want us to be in debt but he's made it halal for us but he doesn't want us to be in debt that's very important for us to know mm. so Dave Ramsey's podcasts and his show changed my life bro financially because what it made me realise is that everything I'm doing financially is wrong and every penny counts so one of his concepts, for example, is that our parents or our grandparents, they, if they wanted a new sofa, if they didn't have the money for the sofa, they wouldn't buy the sofa. Mm. But we live in an era where everything is available in interest-free finance mm. or finance. So if we can't afford something, we, we can't afford it, but on a monthly, we can afford it. So he works on reducing all of your monthly outgoings. So, um, so he has like a, a, a plan that I followed, which is, um, first, you uh, his step one of the plan is you save a one thousand pound emergency fund ASAP. No matter, forget mm. all your debts, forget it. You have one thousand pound emergency fund. That's important because, as you know, actually, we're family men. Mm. Imagine you're driving somewhere, your car breaks down, it costs two hundred fifty pound to fix the motor there and then, middle of the night, and you don't even have that in your account. That's an emergency. That's mm. even more important than paying off your debts at that point. So you have to have that thousand pound emergency fund. Step two is to is the debt snowball. So you pay off your debts as quick as you can, and so that is, and you start from the smallest to largest. And he explains that mathematically, yes, that's not correct because mathematically you should start with your largest. But the problem is, is that this isn't a mathematical issue. This is a, um, a issue of psychology, behavior mm-hmm. issue. So if you start with the smallest debt, you get into a snowball. And obviously, this is the these are the points where we 
use our Islamic head, we say, okay, what's actually more important to us is if we shouldn't be, but if we are in any debts that are that have interest, we have to prioritize those mm. because Islamically, you're not allowed to be in interest. So, so that's where we use our my our Islamic, yeah, yeah. you know, knowledge. Or we, but, but so then, so this debt snowball. So if you have a fifty pound debt, pay it off as fast as possible. Then you go to the hundred pound debt, then the one thousand pound debt, two thousand pound debt, and you clear off your debts like that as quick as possible. At this point, bro, you don't spend anything on clothes. You don't spend anything on outside food. You don't spend anything. Nothing that doesn't need to be spent on. You don't. You do, you just do not spend mm. that money. And I've, and about a year ago, I followed it. To the T bro Like I wouldn't spend money on And I, I made it clear to my wife What my plan was Because obviously I'm, I'm living with her And there were certain priorities That I was still willing to do But my but Clearing my um, monthlies Was very important to me So um, I looked at all my I, So one thing I did Is I created a spreadsheet So now My finances I live by a, a spreadsheet Every month when I get paid I uh, input that number To my spreadsheet My spreadsheet Tells me I have it written down All my monthly outgoings And according to the number Everything gets sorted out, right? So I get paid on, for example, the thirty. If I if I was to get paid on the thirty first of every mm. month, on the thirty first of every month, I the 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 number one priority for me is to go through my spreadsheet. And what I do on that spreadsheet is I um I, I any of my bills that need to be cleared, if they can be cleared on that day, they automatically come out of my account on the day. If they can't, they go into my sa- that amount of money goes into my savings account. Mm. So that like there's let's say if there's a gym, my gym bill costs thirty pound a month. I, it can only come out on the twenty fifth. So on the first or the thirty first, I'll transfer thirty pound into my savings account. And on the 24th, it'll go back into my normal account. So then it comes out. The point of it is that in my current account, I don't even have that money to spend. Yeah. Bro, so I do that down to a T to even my haircuts and my um, petrol. So the amount of money I spend on my haircuts in a month is is not in my bank account. It's in my savings account. So now whatever's left in my bank account is money that's spare because everything to a T has now been accounted for. Mm. So, um, and then he has other steps like, for example, he doesn't talk about the spreadsheet, but I implemented the spreadsheet from Omar. Omar, gave, Omar showed me his spreadsheet and I liked it. And my spreadsheet has, if I have debts, it has my debts in it. If I have savings, it has my savings in it. It has my, um, all those kind of things. Um, so right now, my current thing that I'm like really strong on is trying to pay off my car. Because even though my car's uh, not in interest-based finance, it's, I've still got a bit of money on it. Mm. So I'm trying to plow through it because I don't want to, I don't want to have any more monthlies and stuff. And he says about upgrading your cars and that kind of stuff. That helps with future, but going through financial struggles is something that I have gone through and that mm. I will definitely go through because we know the nature of the dunya is up and down, up and down. I've seen brothers who have gone from having an eight million pound business to overnight um, not not being able to pay for their house. Wow. So um, we have to know that uh, that everything can go. Mm. And actually, man, I struggle uh, just like everybody else, and. Um, we just make it work because we have to have yaqeen in Allah. The beauty of being a Muslim is that you never go too far deep, inshallah. Yeah. Like, there's, it's like that safety net. You can never go too far into like, inshallah, like into like really severe depression mm. um, if we do everything correctly because then we, we know that Allah will provide. SubhanAllah. I was speaking to one brother actually, I think it was yesterday or the day before um, about this concept of... Um, Wanting to not really work for somebody else, have something of your uh, of your own, like your own business or whatever. Uh, so you're not relying upon anyone else for for your income, for example. And I was thinking, I don't want to have this uh, thing over me that I could have this job today, I might not have it today, uh, tomorrow or something like that. And I was thinking, if I have my own business and uh, then I'm financially free, like all of that kind of stuff. But then I was thinking. Even if I had that, say like I had like a million pound business, 
overnight that could go down as well like it's, it's all in the hands of Allah so yeah and also Dave Ramsey's plan accounts for that because um, one of the steps once you paid off your debts and all that kind of stuff the other step is that you save about six months worth of income so it's not six months worth of um, your salary it's six months of worth of what you need to survive so let's say if you as Nord need £1,500 a month mm. to survive that covers your house rent it covers your food bills it covers your bills so every month you need £1,500 so you was, you would save what's 1500 times 6 like let's say call it 10 grand because I can't do my maths like that I think it's 12 okay so that means that you're that when you get to that stage you're saving 12,000 pounds now what happens is if you lose your job bro for 6 months you can survive while you try and get a new job, you try and get your business going, but you can survive for six months. Um, so that's 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 a really good step. But I agree with you, bro. Like there's no there's no assurance where you can lose your job, you can lose your business. Everything's in the, in the, in the hands of Allah, and and we we will go through ups and downs until the day we die. Yes, yeah, Subhanallah. That's that's what I was thinking as well. That instead of trying to have all these like safety nets, to be more content with what you have and just rely on Allah. Like you do your part, obviously. But then ultimately, it goes back to relying on Allah. Because like like this uh, um, sort of, uh, what would you call it? This technique. Um, it's like a plan. Like a plan, yeah. Like you could have the plan, but uh, Allah might have a different plan for I've, you. So Of course. And also, I think one of the most beautiful notes to end this on is that um, how beautiful is it that if you're struggling financially, that the test that Allah has put you through is the test of finances and not the test of Iman or not the testing yeah. for you for your family. Because actually, we know that Allah doesn't value the dunya. Yeah. And so he's testing you with something that even he doesn't value. Right. Whereas he values your relationships with your kin, your your, mm. your parents. He values your Iman uh, and all this kind of stuff. So the thing that, actually, I don't want to misquote it, but, but it, maybe in a story about Umar ibn Khattab or a hadith about Allah... Um, Valuing the dunya, uh, a lot of valuing the wing of a fly more than the dunya. Mm. I, 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 maybe we can research it and put it in the comments or something. Yeah. But when you think about that, you realize that this dunya is really not that valuable, mm. and you're being tested with that. No, Alhamdulillah. That's powerful. I've never thought of it like that's fun. Allah, that is yeah. powerful though. It's so powerful, yeah. and it's a beautiful so, note to end the podcast on. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Jazakallah khairan for coming. Bro, thank you so uh, much for having me on. But yeah, it was really, uh, it was really beneficial, man. I've uh, picked up a lot of things from this. I just hope I didn't talk too much. I no, 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 bro, uh, that's that's you're the guest, man. That's what's supposed to happen. I'm used to being a host. Jazakallah khairan, man. I really appreciate it. Thank yeah, you so bro. much to your listeners if, if they uh, made it this far, and um, that's it, really. Jazakallah khairan, man. Barakallahu fiikum. Wa fiikum barak. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.